welcome to today's Bobblecast, and today it's a very special one. It's a US toffee special. It's probably long overdue. Not to say we haven't had a US toffee on here before, uh, but we've got three very special US toffees for you today. Uh, we've got Bridget Bryson, Jeff Walmer. Hello. <laughs> Hello to you. And Tony Sampson, who many of you would have seen uh, on a few podcasts with me uh, before now. Um, so before, before we get into it, I'll, I'll probably try and ignore the results on, on Monday. Uh, it was a point, wasn't maybe what we all wanted. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll get into a few introductions because I'll be surprised if most people haven't seen you guys online before now um, because you are you know, very active and engaged with us all online. But uh, just in case they haven't, uh, Bridget, I'll, I'll start with yourself. If you want to just give you a bit of an introduction, where, where about you're based out at and a bit of a history about yourself and, and Evan. All right, so um, Bridget, Bridget Bryson, so that's why I'm BB underscore proud on Twitter, um, part of Atlanta Evertonians. I'm originally from the Wirral and uh, moved to the States 32 years ago, um, 32 years ago last month. And so I was brought up as an Evertonian. Actually, technically speaking, I, I, my parents were divorced. I was brought up with my mom and my grandmother who couldn't care less about football. But uh, when I was about eight, my brothers had decided living in France that they would become Liverpool fans. And I overheard my grandmother making a comment about grandpa rolling over in his grave. And so I had to find out what that was. Well, grandpa was a huge Evertonian. And so I decided to take on the mantle and uh, really followed and loved Everton ever since. Uh, moved to the States, like I said, like 32 years ago. And you really couldn't watch it here. Um, we used to go to a few <clears throat> illegal feeds in pubs for the FA Cup and things, but really lost touch with my Everton roots until a few years back. And I met the Atlanta Evertonians and the amazing Steve Landy. He told me to say that and uh, joined the group and have been going to the games, driving. It's about 45 minutes drive for us for those. Uh, I can't complain. I'm on the East Coast, so it's only like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. games and thoroughly enjoying reconnecting with my Everton family. So that's a quick, that's a quick Bridget. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, I think that's a more sociable time, isn't it, than some of the, uh, the times yeah. I've seen. Some, some I, I don't get the 4.30, so I have to be careful because every now and then I'll, I'll moan out loud about 7 a.m. and there's inevitably someone from the West Coast who's like, that's like you're getting a lie-in. And I'm like, okay, all right. So, yeah. <laughs> Just an excuse to start drinking at 4.30 a.m. though, isn't Absolutely. it? So they shouldn't complain too much. Well, in fact, why even bother going to bed? Just cut out the middleman. <laughs> so it's interesting, actually, baby. I've got a, I've got an uncle out in, in Michigan, uh, and he's lived there since uh, the early eighties. And you've got a similar uh, twang in your voice to him. You know, you still got that bit of a bit of a scouse twang, and you you've, you know you certainly picked up a bit of an Amer American twang while you've been out there. Uh, do you get do you, when you come home? Do you get people saying you sound very American? And I bet you over there, you get people saying you you're very yeah, scouse still. I, I, I got to tell you, I hate it. I go home and people are like, oh, you're American. I'm like, no, no offense to my American friends. And I do actually have my American citizenship. So I should say why, yes, I am American. But um, no, I mean, after 30 something years here, I mean, you, you, you pick it up. Now, my husband always says, once I've had a gin or two in me, he's like, there's the girl I met. So it, it doesn't take much, but, um, you know, and I do, I do teach, I, I teach, English, ironically, over here. And so um, it, it's kind of funny because my friends always say they know which vocabulary words I've taught the children because they all say it with a slightly <laughs> English kind of 
flavor. They pronounce their consonants and things like that. Um, so yeah, I get, I get both. Now over here, it's great, especially when I first arrived, because it's like bees to a honeypot. You know, everyone just loves the English accent. So um, I, I'm not going to say that, well, I, of course, I milked it like crazy when I first came here. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm a rural lass, so I never had a really strong, uh, strong overtones, but they, they, they come out every now and again. So would you say when you're out now out with the Atlanta Toffees, then a lot of them look towards you when they're looking, because you know, obviously uh, I know that Jeff certainly has been over here to watch games, but you know, many, I suppose, out there still haven't had that opportunity. Uh, do you get asked a lot about what the city is like? And do you feel like you're almost like an ambassador out there maybe? For, um, for that a, a little bit, but we're a pretty, we've got a pretty strong um, Merseyside Northwest connection at the Atlanta Toffee, the, we, the Evertonians, we've got quite a few who are from back home. So it's a pretty shared experience. And we have you know, a few Americans who've been lucky enough to be, be over, but in some ways, yes, or, or there'll be times that it'll explain things or um, especially, shall I say it, around times like the Derby where we're explaining exactly, exactly what the emotions are right now and how they should be feeling. Um, and giving sort of blocks of instruction on that. But, but on the whole, I mean, most, a lot, a lot of our group who are permanently there are either originally from England, which has been great for me to move, meet those people, or they've been supporting the Toffees for a while. And then we've got that handful who are newer. And yes, I mean, we, we, they ask us questions and we do our best to give them answers and kind of teach them uh, about the Everton way, the blue way. And, and what's funny is most of them actually probably all of them that's why they were attracted to Everton in the first place is because of that sort of Everton community Everton support they're the kind of people who are going to stay away from your your Liverpools and your Man United they are just by nature like that so it's kind of an easy introduction and upbringing to to Everton and, and Merseyside. Fantastic and I, I resonate with a lot of what you said there uh, you know it's that, that community I mean we all definitely missed a bit of that uh, with the game uh, not being attended. Jeff, uh, that, obviously I'll, I'll pass it on to yourself. Uh, BB started an excellent start there and a bit of an overview. Um, do you want to give a bit of an introduction to yourself, uh, where you're based out in the States and, and a bit of a background with yourself with the, with the Blues? Sure. Um, I am uh, Jeff Walner, based in Cincinnati, Ohio, a member of the Cincinnati Toffees, uh, one of the uh, one of the fastest growing uh, supporters groups uh, in the States. Um, we're based out of uh, actually near Xavier University uh, for folks who are familiar with that. Uh, they're probably more familiar with uh, Xavier's basketball team than anything else. But uh, we're based at Dana Gardens, which is uh, a small pub just, uh, off of, just off of campus. And uh, it's been our home base for several years. And uh, they open at all hours, uh, any day of the week for us and uh, take uh, really good care of us. Uh, we get precedent for uh, the widescreen TVs. We get precedent for sound uh, over uh, even uh, major major sporting events. So uh, they, they take really good care of us and it's allowed us to, uh, to grow a, a sizable uh, membership in Cincinnati. Um, in terms of my love for Everton, I'm about a decade into this. And uh, as I tell, uh, I've told many people, I I went into it uh, like most Americans uh, looking for a Premier League club to support, um, but I didn't expect this. And it's, it's kind of the Alan Ball quote, right? It's uh, the club grabs you and then 
you know, nothing's the same. And uh, that's, that's what happened to me. I, I chose Everton uh, because um, I fell in love with uh, the club, its history, uh, Goodison Park, uh, the sense of community, um, the way that the club is, is really just kind of intricately connected to the city of Liverpool and, and a part of the city's culture, a part of the city's fabric and history. And um, really just kind of fell in love with all that. It was around the same time where a lot of Americans, I think, were gravitating toward uh, Everton because of Tim Howard. Um, I, I didn't want to make that the reason uh, that, that I didn't want to choose a club because they had uh, American players or an American player. Um, I love Tim Howard, but uh, I wanted to choose a club for all the right reasons. And, and I still arrived at Everton and um, it's changed my life in, in so many ways because this club has become um, it's become a source of, uh, of friendships that I've made uh, here in Cincinnati, other parts of the country. Um, I have friends in Ireland. I have made so many friends in Liverpool and other parts of England, um, people that I never would have met had it not been for, for Everton. Um, I've told um, this um, same story so many, so many times, but it is, uh, it is still amazing to me. Um, the, the impact that Everton has had on my life uh, when I look back and think that uh, I was just looking for a Premier League club to support on Saturdays. But, uh, but that's not the way Everton works, right, Dave? That's it's not the way it works. You, know, you don't just throw, throw on a kid and come into this and, uh, and don't have this club and uh, the Blue family um, impact you and embrace you and kind of um, have it become something um, bigger than that. That's just what Everton does. So um, that's that's what um, that's what happened for me. Great, uh, Jeff. You know, I couldn't agree more. You know, I've got friends like I consider yourself a friend. I consider BB a friend. You know, feel like certainly the last twelve months has been hard for us all in different ways, and I've actually got to 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 really get through that, learning about different parts of you know the Everton family for internationally, just because a lot of us have been operating virtually. We've probably been on a, a lot more online than we normally have. Um, and it just does really seem to be that kind of sense of growth at the moment, you know, that we are expanding, we are connecting more than we've ever done. Um, and, I, you know, I'm really enthusiastic about that continuing, really. Um, I think, you know, obviously the club is showing intent to as well. Um, quite interested. Thanks for, uh, for, for sharing that, Jeff. And I will come back to you very shortly. Um, because I, I like like BB and, and, and like a few blues, I'll promise you a couple of pints. And, and we're going to go to a Marine game when you're home as well. So I'm going to. Good luck with that. Good luck with getting a pint from him. <laughs> I think I think Tony still owes me about five. To be fair, so we'll. Uh, <laughs> um, so and Tony uh, brings us basically onto yourself, and um, I'll, I'll just you know I'll let I'll let you introduce yourself. But obviously you're you're relatively new over to the states as such. Uh, you haven't got thirty years like BB has, have you? No, not at all. So yeah, feel very much like um, like a rookie. Um, a rookie Evertonian out in the US, uh, as I think we've talked before. Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously from Liverpool. Uh, grew up there, uh, and you know, became an Everton. My connection was through my dad, like so many other Blues, when he first started taking me when I was sort of five or six years old. And you know, as as everybody mentions when they you know just completely fell in love with the place and everything about it and you know hearing Bridget and Jeff talk about that sort of sense of belonging and 
being part of something and the connections and the family feel was, you know, the completely resonates with, you know, how, you know, how uh, my Evans story began. So, um, yeah. And we, before we moved out here, um, you know, myself and my dad and my two, my two sons had season tickets in the family enclosure. And uh, before we moved out, we moved, this is our third year in Chicago now. Um, and I think, as we've said before, I, you know, one of the first things that we did as a family when we first moved out here was to try and understand how we could get our Everton fix and, you know, see if we could find an Everton group or a couple of Everton fans to watch the match with and sort of develop our own match day routine. And fortunately enough, we, you know, we came across uh, AJ Hudson's, which is uh, run by a great Evertonian, Jamie Hale. Um, and actually was one of the one of the, the first people who got the Chicago Evertonians going along with Diana McAnally uh, 20 years ago this year, actually. Uh, but the first time I walked in the pub, um, you know, seeing a, I've said this before, you know, 20 foot, 30 foot flag that said Chicago Toffees, Friday Merseyside and you know the, the first voice I heard was was somebody from Heighton um, who was straight over saw me and sort of the lads in our shirts and sort of you know made us feel really really at home and really welcome and you know and that's now become a staple part of you know our, our Everton match day routine and you know really enjoyed getting to know the Chicago Vertonians, but, you know, increasingly, um, you know, connecting with, you know, this brilliant fan base right across the, right across, um, the, you know, the US and, and North America, actually. Um, never, never really anticipated or, or understood the depth um, and, and breadth of support. I knew that there was an existing network, but I think it's not until you hear that, you know, you really appreciate it and also get to hear and understand, um, you know, how much Everton means to, to people uh, in the US, uh, you know, the stories that, you know, Jeff and, and Bridget have talked about are all too common, um, you know, and you hear every time, you, you know, you speak to US Blues. So I just think it's fantastic that, first of all, personally, that, you know, I'm able to to sort of, you know, have a bit of Everton with me. It's so important to me and my family. So being able to enjoy, you know, the ups and downs and the highs and lows of that with, you know, with people who, who feel the same is just fantastic. You know, jumping in on that, Tony, I think you bring up a really good point about you being spotted immediately and someone coming over to you. Um, that's something I've noticed. We're, we're in our own pub now, but we did share a pub, um, as in there were a few teams that that was kind of the, the home pub, unfortunately, one of them being Big Red, um, which is why we moved. Anyway, that's another story. But um, one of the things that I really noticed right at the beginning when I started to get to be a part of Atlanta Evertonians was just the, the difference when a new person were, were wearing blue walked into the pub. It was like everyone greeted them, wanted to know them, had them sit down, yep. had a chat with them. And, and I will, it, was, it wasn't the same for the other teams. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. I wasn't watching them like a hawk. I might be wrong, but there was a definite feeling of, we're just so damn excited to see another blue and we want to bring them in and we want to integrate them into our family and we want to know why they're a blue and we have people show up who were like they'd come to to the golf and augusta and they're looking for somewhere to watch an everton game and they showed up at the pub and you know we're still in touch with them now three years later i mean the, those crazy. things happen all the time and i think i think that is something that it's probably not completely unique to everton but we're certainly one of those clubs where I would say that's true in every one of our supporters clubs. Yeah, the first yeah, couple of years that I supported Everton, um, I, I was like a lot of people where I was kind of immersed in a pub with supporters groups from Liverpool United, Arsenal, and you're kind of shoved into a corner and you're lucky if you can get uh, one TV for your match. And 
But the, the observation that I made in those first couple of years um, that I wouldn't realize until later once we uh, established our supporters uh, club at, at Dana Gardens is, uh, is that they really, there, there wasn't that sense of community because you, you kind of observed for, let's say the Arsenal fans, for example, you would have the people that came in the bar together hung out together and talked to each other throughout the match, but they didn't talk to anyone else. Like everyone was in Arsenal gear watching the Arsenal match, but they were in individual little pockets of, of people, of friends or the people they came with. And that's not at all like the match day experience at Dana's is we're all one collective group. And that doesn't matter if it's somebody new that just came that day or was somebody that's been there since the beginning or somebody that just sporadically shows up. It, it doesn't really matter. We're, we're all one big collective group. And when there, when a goal is scored, it's, uh, you know, well, it's fist bumps now, but <laughs> for a while it was, you know, high fives and hugs all around from one end of the bar to the other. It, it's, it is a completely different experience. I think it's important as well, isn't it, David? I'm, I'm sure you'll want to go on to talk about the, you know, the growth plans and all the rest of it, and, and the events that you know in the next couple of days. But you know, you know, we had a similar experience. You know, when when we signed Hammers, there was a, an influx of new Colombian fans that came, started coming to the watch and uh, coming to the to, to the watch alongs, and um, you know, hopefully they feel the same. You know, and they were very much welcomed in. You know, we sort of shared stories. You know, they were very curious about the history. Obviously, you know, Hammers was the main attraction for them. And obviously, we were doing really well at the beginning of the season. But I think that sense of, you know, being made welcome has meant that, you know, they've kept coming back every week, you know, even even when we haven't been playing so well. Um, so, you know, I, again, it's I think that's going to be really important as well as, you know, as we sort of bring on new fans and new followers for Everton, you know, how we embrace them and sort of, you know, keep them as part of, you know, their you know, the supporter base is going to be really important. I mean, you know, on a big scale for the club, that's going to be important. I think, you know, even for our, for our own supporters clubs, but yeah, I can completely relate to, to what you've both said. Funny, isn't it? Because, you know, I've been on county road many of the time and as Tony will know, probably drank a, a, a bit too many at some stage, after the, certainly after wins, but, you know, I've, I'm still in touch now with uh, Evertonians I've, I've maybe fell into on, on county roads, you know, a couple of, uh, it was an American couple, um, last last time and, and got them on social media. There was a, a, a big bunch of Dutch Evertonians and still in touch. But it's almost like it doesn't matter, you know, or, you know where you are, you know what country you're from. Um, you know, Evertonians. It's just a culture, isn't it, of, of welcoming and bringing people into a family. Um, and I do think you know very much that near or far. Uh, we do appear to be you know exactly the same in the way we support Everton and, and that kind of. You know. It's funny, Dave, and I can't remember what podcast it was that I was listening to, um, but I was listening to something and they were kind of talking about the uh, the need to, to modernize our image, right? And that there was too much dependent on born, not manufactured. And and, and they were kind of talking about that, the fact that we've got to move forward. And I was listening and I was like, I got what they were saying. But they were making a big mistake when they were saying, because we've got all these new people and we've got Americans and we've got, and they, they need to know they're included, that they didn't have to be born that way. And what they're not understanding is you, you ask the average American blue, 
And they will say, I was born that way. I just didn't figure it out till now. So we, one of the reasons that Everton is loved is because of that very tradition, because of that family, that that's what people are looking for. So it's sort of like, yeah, I understand moving forward, modernizing new stadium. That's all wonderful. But there's a core to Everton that's very attractive mm -hmm. to people. And it's, it's who we are. And I, I listen to those kind of conversations. And like I said, I get it. But I think there's a side that they're not hearing from some of the newer fans. No, Jürgen Jürgen Mainkerry's just been just been announced today as the um, you know the US lead. Um, going to be driving the growth strategy for for North and South America. In fact, internationally, uh, I mean, he said he said that exact point today. Um, you know that it's it's the core fan base that fuels everything else. Um, so it was really encouraging to hear him talk about that. And I think you know, Bridget, to your point, uh, you know. Evertonians, whether they're you know born in the US or anywhere else, you know they they have that same connection and attraction um, to the club. So, you know, I think it's um, I think it's really important that everybody embraces that and you know sees it as part of you know just uh, the broader Everton family. Doesn't matter where you're born if you're an Evertonian, and that's what counts. Yeah, I think what um, for me, I I one of the things, many things that I that I fell in love with about Everton was that the club was very provincial. That, that the majority of the fans in Goodison Park were season ticket holders that went to every match, that Everton was L4, that, that Everton, such a, as I mentioned before, such a big part of the fabric of, of Liverpool. And of course, we, we like to, to prod our neighbors about uh, the packed airports on match days um, and that Evertonians walk to the games. And that's one of the reasons that I fell in love with Everton was, um, was that provinciality and was that uh, fact that they were such a part of, uh, of the city of Liverpool in, in, in every way. Um, and, and not to jump ahead in our conversation, David, but, uh, but I, think after, I think as time kind of goes on, you start to realize that that is all, that's all well and good, but it's time for the club to, to step out of L4 and it's time for the club to embrace other growth strategies. And, and I think, I think it took, I, I think that the Hamas, the Colombian influx of fans with the signing of Hamas was really an eye opener for the club. Um, unfortunately, I don't think they didn't have the same type of um, reaction in, in a business sense to Tim Howard. And I, and I do think they, the club missed a, a major opportunity um, when there was just a, a groundswell of support for Everton uh, with Tim Howard and Landon Donovan. Uh, and the club really didn't latch onto that. And I think a lot of it was that they just didn't really feel the need. And it's they were bought into the born, not manu manufactured, which we all love. It doesn't ma matter where you're from. If you're an Evertonian, you love born, not manufactured because you know how important it is and you know what it means. And you know what it means to the people of Liverpool. Um, but I think, I think now what we're seeing um, and what we've started to see it kind of build gradually. And now today with the announcements uh, the announcements earlier today, we're, we're now seeing the club is embracing um, this, this growth and these business opportunities and sponsorship opportunities and new revenue streams globally. And I, and I think 
I think all Evertonians uh, should embrace that because it means it's going to mean so much to the future of the club. I was reading before, actually, Jeff, and, you know, obviously you're, you're an Everton fan already. Um, but, you know, what part of what he said uh, today was building a deep connection with soccer fans across the US is a key part of Everton's strategy. And while the club's US base will be in Miami, we'll also be keen to meet fans and prospective partners where they are, both physically and in terms of sentiment and understanding of the club. Um, so it does appear as though, you know, although it's going to be based in Miami as such, that we are going to be getting out there, getting to, you know, to some of the states out there and, and meeting the fan base. Are you excited by that, you know, being a, a fan of many years over there? Very excited and, and you know, excited by the fact that, uh, you know, the club was planning a preseason tour. Unfortunately, uh, COVID hit and, and they weren't able to follow through with it, but it is still very much... Uh, in the plans once uh, they're able to, um, once travel is opened up and, and everything is opened up. Um, and yeah, th there's still, as much as we've grown, there's still such an untapped potential here uh, in the States in terms of development academies, um, supporters groups, sponsorship opportunities, who knows what other business opportunities that we can't even envision at this point. Um, so it does seem like this is going to, they're going to cast a wide net. It's not just going to be, well, let's just set up a, a base and office in Miami and let's just tap into the, uh, to the Colombian, uh, to the Colombian market because of James. Uh, I, I do believe they're going to cast a wide net. I did, that quote did jump out at me because my first thought was, well, is he going? Is there going to be a delegation that's going to meet with supporters groups all over the country? Um, if so, I'm very excited about that. We're not. We're not going to let him do any otherwise, are we? <laughs> he's gonna. He's gonna hear about us. I, I think this is a really important point. This though, because um, you know, obviously, the, the emphasis on the commercial growth and the business growth that is is absolutely critical. Uh, you know, and, and clearly, you know, it seems like that's sort of Jurgen's sort of main focus here and. You know, Jeff referred to the catalyst that the Hammers signing provided for the club to really sort of, you know, provide us with a, you know, with a, a strong foundation to be able to, to capitalise from that. And that, that is really critical, I think, you know, and, you know, a better commercial strategy will, will you know, will benefit, will benefit the club in many, many different ways. Um, but I think, you know, in order, in order for this to really gain traction, there's, there's got to be a sustainable approach. Um, you know, because, you know, some fans will choose one team one day and one team another day. So working with the existing network of fans and supporting them uh, is going to be really, really, really important as part of that, um, you know, to make sure that they feel supported, that they can be part of this, you know, journey that the club sort of set on uh, and build on the work that's been done. I mean, and look, at you know, I think it's only right that, you know, you mentioned this network has been built over many, many years, you know, the likes of David Kurtz and Marshall Lamb, who, you know, were almost the pioneers at sort of building or helping build the Everton brand and, and the supporters clubs out here. Um, but, you know, I don't think that the club will be successful if it just focuses in on sort of the shiny new toys and, and the commercial strategy, if it forgets and leaves behind the supporters base. And, you know, and I would agree, you know, I'm, I'm really encouraged by, I mean, 
not what just what they've said today, but actually, you know, having been involved, you know, a little bit with the fans forum and, you know, with Bridget and, and Jeff and the, the broader supporters community out here, their willingness to engage and understand that, I think is really promising. So uh, it's great to hear to hear Jürgen saying that that's something he's going to embrace. And from, from a practical standpoint, they'd be crazy not to. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to put time and money into this. Well, you don't have to have many business degrees <laughs> to know that you use what's already there, you know, and, and there is a strong base. And, and by the way, Tony, I like the way you said a little bit with fans forum, you know, um, you, you've been working your, your proverbial behind off getting, getting us together collectively that, yeah, we've already been here, but now we've becoming kind of a, a powerful force together. And I think that's pretty exciting. Fantastic. Uh, you know, I couldn't agree more. I think Tony plays down some of the stuff that he does, but, you know, I've got to say from a personal perspective as someone who sits on the meetings with him, you know, every time something is brought up that Tony does put the challenge in, well, what about the international side of things? You know, and it can be anything from a, a local event to, to, to anything that, that Everton are looking at. And, and you know, it's that, that's why I, I think it's incredibly important actually to have an international um, fan member, you know, on, on the fans forum, uh, because you do provide that extra perspective. Interestingly, obviously, the um, ability to apply, apply for the fans forum is, is still up and running. Uh, about, well, we've got about four days left now, Tony. Um, yeah. How have you yeah. found it from, from being, um, you know, someone who's you know, predominantly situated in Chicago? Do you encourage other international blues, maybe another... Blues who might be listening from the States, for example, to, to think about it? Um, and if so, why? Yeah, I definitely would. Um, you know, I, I think when I first sort of expressed an interest in this, and I've talked a little bit about this, you know, on, on other pods and what have you, but I think, you know, obviously the way in which we engage with the club um, and we engage with Everton and how we follow Everton, some of the issues um, that sort of, you know, matter to it's a, just a different experience sort of watching Everton abroad, you know, and, and, you know, whilst sort of, you know, getting a win is the most important thing to everybody, you know, there, there are other, there are other experiences and, and, and things that are important to us, you know, we talked about these things, whether it's sort of, you know, retail visibility, if it's about, you know, how can we build and grow some of the clubs and sort of be better ambassadors and that sort of stuff. Um, so the very nature of that means that, you know, it's important to know, you know, how, you know, how we interact with the club and, you know, how we can be part of that. Because I think it is different to, you know, your, you know, your, your match day and your match day sort of fans that sort of maybe live in the UK and certainly the city. So having that, having that voice and being able to, you know, to bring that to the club, you know, and hopefully we're seeing sort of, sort of the fruits of some of that is really important. So I would encourage um, anybody, um, wherever they are, whether it's the US or in, in other parts of the world, you know, Joe Riley was, you know, another big part of this when, when he joined from the Irish Toffees to get involved if they can. Um, you know, I think what, what's been great is, is that it, it's, it's also proven that, you know, technically and logistically it can work as well. You know, so, you know, we've... I've still been able to get involved in all the meetings and, you know, do the odd pod and what have you every now and then. So, you know, it can work. So, and, and it's great fun. And also, I mean, look, you know, look at the announcement today, you know, it just shows the sort of the seriousness about the international strategy. So being part of that and being able to make sure, you know, the supporters have a voice in that, I think is going to be really important. And, you know, and that's before you get to things like Bramley Moore, Bramley Moore Stadium and, and the rest of it. So, yeah, uh, get, get your applications in before before Sunday. I think one thing that, uh, you know, there's hard to find a whole lot of positives with what's been going on in the last year with COVID and everything, but a huge positive is how we've all learned that we 
you know, we can still be that local club, but you can have people from all around the world working together on things because we've learned how to do, I mean, look at us now, we're, we're doing this podcast and we're living in very different places. We've all learned to do things like this that maybe we knew were possible, but we never had to do it. Well, now we're doing it, it's normal, it's part of life, and it just opens up so many doors. Definitely. Uh, fantastic, fantastic summary of that. Um, I, you know, in terms of, I'm interested to see, you know, obviously you've been over in the States, BB, uh, for, for a couple of decades now. Uh, obviously, Jeff, you, obviously, grew, you know, you, you, you lived there and grew up there, uh, and were born there. Do you feel that all of a sudden there's a sense of momentum growing? You know, whether that is from, you know, the club, the fans forum, maybe, you know, you feel more inclusive because you've got an international member on that. Uh, how, how do you feel it's different lately, you know, do, or do you feel it's not different at all? I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, personally, I do. I, I, you know, I'm, but I'm really involved. So it's difficult to know if I wasn't sort of involved with the, the leadership Atlanta Evertonians that I hadn't met Tony, that I wasn't on the WhatsApp group. Would I feel as involved? I don't know. I do think there is certainly, I see a growth. I see more people coming to the pub. I see more excitement despite lately. Uh, um, certainly certainly at the beginning of the season, um, there, was, there was a lot of excitement. And I think some of that has stuck. And I think as, as Tony alluded to, we got new fans because of Hamas, because of um, the way things were at the beginning of the season and because of how we are, they've stuck with us. And I've definitely seen that growth from the fans forum. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I haven't just started listening to podcasts, but it's only recently I hear about the USA all the time on the podcasts. And we love that. But I think, oh, there goes, there goes the end of class. Um, but uh, I think that that is something that's visible to everyone, whether they're involved or not. I don't know, Jeff, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, kind of social media is kind of our window into kind of what's happening, right? Um, kind of the, um, how people are feeling about Everton, um, how many new fans were, were it, it, you know, it's interesting. And I, I've said this for a while, I, until somebody proves me wrong, <laughs> Uh, I don't think there's another, certainly not in the Premier League, is there another uh, club that has as tightly connected social media network as Everton? And I think the club's even starting to realize that and realize some of the, the potential um, connected to that. But it's amazing. And it's there, there's a there's a funny thing that happens and, and maybe Bridget you've kind of seen it David I don't, I don't or, or Tony I'm, I'm I don't know if you have or not but it, there's a funny kind of thing that seems to happen every so often where somebody a good example is uh, uh, a, a girl posted on Twitter uh, she was actually from Cincinnati she posted on Twitter uh, that she was looking for a Premier League club she was leaning toward Arsenal, but she was open to suggestions. <laughs> and and this, this pops up every once in a while, and the same thing happens every time. As soon as the Evertonians get involved, the, the, her, the person's mentions completely blow up. And for this particular girl, I, I actually kind of felt bad for her because I think she was, she was a little overwhelmed because she felt like this was just a kind of in, uh, uh, just a random kind of innocent 
tweet that she was looking to support a soccer club in England. And within hours, her, her views were up to 282,000 or something. And, and it was all, it was all Evertonians. Even though she mentioned Arsenal in the tweet, there were only maybe two or three Arsenal fans that responded. But once this, once there are a few retweets, especially if they're kind of a, one of those key, one of those key Twitter accounts uh, in the Everton network, the thing gets rolling and it, it, it rolls globally. And, and I remember one guy, I, I, I responded to him and I said, you do realize that you have people from Ireland, Australia, other parts of Europe, and all over the United States responding to your tweet. He's like, you're kidding. And, and it was, I'm, I'm looking for a Premier League club, any, any ideas? And, and once the Evertonians latch onto that, it's a remarkable thing to watch. But it's because it's it's that hashtag blue family. It, it's that it's it's how we're so closely connected to each other, and it's not like that for other clubs. We were talking earlier about the way it is when we're physically at a pub, but it's the same way on social media. You know, I don't think one United supporters group in in Kansas is communicating with another United supporters group in Georgia. But with Everton, they are. Right. Think of the Hummel push. It is, it is right. Right. You, you watch that and you just sit back and you watch it go. It, it's a blast. Like Tony will say, hey, we, we need to kick such and such. And like, uh, you know, I'll put a tweet out with just eyeballs and like, what's coming, Everton? And there'll be like 50 tweets, <laughs> like no one doesn't, and no one even knows what I'm tweeting and they'll be retweeting or asking or messaging me. I don't know these people, right? But it's, you're right. And, and I always get such a kick out of whenever I see people saying, what team should I support? And, and Jeff, I do the same thing. I, I just watch it. And I'll normally make a comment too, especially if it's a female. Um, Cause I'm always looking for more, more women, women blues. Um, but it, it's like, it, it is something I, and I don't follow other teams, so I don't know, but I don't have that same feeling. Certainly when I meet fans from other clubs, I never get the same feeling of conversations that I get from, from our Everton group. Yeah, and I've asked fans, I have, I have plenty of friends who are supporters of other clubs, including, including fans of our neighbors. Um, and I've asked them, how often, like, for example, I'll ask a, I've a, I asked a friend who's a Liverpool fan, how often do you on social media interact with Liverpool fans who live in Liverpool? How often, how many do you follow? How many follow you? How often do you interact with them? He's like, I, I don't. He's like, I interact with the guys in our local supporters groups and maybe some other around the country. He said they follow the media accounts, you know, over in Liverpool. But but as far as like actually communicating with actual people who live in Liverpool, I mean that's that's I, mean, I don't I couldn't put a percentage on it, but a very large percentage of the people I follow and the people that follow me, like especially over the past year or two, are people who live in Liverpool. So it, again, it's that it's that interaction. It's that hashtag blue family that 
we throw out there, but it it means so it's what sets us apart. It's what makes us unique. And yeah, I, I think what sorry, the, club, the club is finally, I think, starting to leverage. They're starting to realize that that is a real thing. And they're starting to, to leverage that into opportunities that are going to help the club grow financially and otherwise. Yeah, I was going to say from a personal, <laughs> maybe a little bit more humorous side of things, my, uh, my husband, who is very patient and um, is, is American, um, he sort of has advised me that maybe I should stop inviting these random Evertonians to come visit once COVID's over. Because <laughs> I'm like, but we've been friends for years. He's like, no, no, you tweet with them. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it's, it's true though. It's like, well, you know, maybe I'm not going to invite them to come stay at my house, but I'm certainly going to be inviting them to come to Limerick Junction. And if we're not playing and it's off season, then I'm going to invite them to come to an Atlanta United game or watch party if that's an option. Um, we're, we're going to do those things because they're an Everton fan. So it makes sense. And if I say that to my friends who support other teams, they look at me like I'm completely insane well the next i've kind of gotten myself in a bind though because the next time i go over i, I can't let everyone know i'm there because i won't have time so i'll probably just you know private message you dave and uh and, and maybe a couple of others that i'm in liverpool and be careful with the photos i post <laughs> because take, take, take advantage visit everyone who's probably gonna oh come visit me for you know have a pub it's like well i can't afford to stay in liverpool for three weeks no, then what, what you do, if there's that many, then you have them say, oh, great. Well, you know, who do you know who owns a pub who'll close it for the day and we'll all go and we'll all hang out together. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I always laugh too. It's like, again, I mean, I, I probably, I don't know whether it's something I should think about or not think about, but I certainly do. If I'm a woman on my own, then I'm probably not going to just meet up with random people I've met on Twitter. Probably not the smartest thing for me to do. But, you know, things like if I'm already in a pub with a group of my friends, hey, come up, we're going to be there, you know? Um, because I, I do want to meet people because they've become friends. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I get stick from, from my wife most days because there's a, every time I come home from work, there's another parcel that's arrived. You know, only yesterday, like we got a flag from the Baltimore Toffees and she says, you know, when's this going to end and where are you going to put all this stuff? You know, people are constantly, you know, we've, we've had one from Atlanta, you know, I've got one from Cincy on its way. And she's like, you know, but again, it's just people just want to make that connection, uh, you know, between the clubs. And, you know, I think that that's what really helps sort of, you know, build, you know, that togetherness, uh, which is which is really, really important. And I think, you know, Jeff and Bridget, you know, you'll have a view on this as well, but what's been great about the community is, is that it's actually coming up with ideas on, on how we can build and grow that. You know, you mentioned the Hummel thing, um, you know, even the, you know, even the run up and the ideas around the event on Saturday, you know, what's been great has been, they've all come from the discussions and the chat and the ideas that, you know, we've been having as a supporter group. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, you know, the club's been, been prepared to listen to some of those ideas as have some of its partners. So, you know, they're the types of things I think that, you know, we, we need to keep, you know, we need, to keep doing as we move forward because I think I think that will only only help strengthen the uh, you know the sense of community and Tony I don't know how it was when you first joined the the forum and became a part of things but 
certainly latterly, you know, the, the limited kind of communications I've had the opportunity to have, have with the club and, and planning for, for uh, Everton USA Live on Saturday and all that good stuff. It, it's just there's, there's an incredible interest in, it feels like there's a really strong interest in our opinions and wanting to hear it. And certainly they might have an agenda and they have something organized and they're planning to do. Of course they do. Any, any leadership group would and should. In fact, I'd be a little worried if they didn't. But they're certainly listening to what we've said and on occasion have been prepared to backtrack a little when they didn't listen properly the first time. And I don't know that every Premier League club would do that. Yep, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's a really good signal. So just listening to you know some, some of what you've you've shared with us has been you know incredibly insightful, but it shows what can be done, doesn't it, when when, when parties come together? Because obviously, you know, on this group alone uh, on the podcast, we've got four different supporters group, uh, you know, from obviously one from Liverpool and three different states across America. We've got two people that are on the fans forum. Um and, you know, I think from what, listening from, from what I've heard here is that, you know, it's incredibly important for people to work together and maybe not just work in their isolated areas. And is that kind of a flavour for how Toffee Fest got going? Uh, you know, and can someone just give me a bit of a summary for, for what Toffee Fest is? Because maybe some of the, the people that might listen to the podcast here may be thinking, what are they talking about, Toffee Fest? There's silence. There's nothing worse than radio silence. So I was, I was going to let Tony lead the charge on that. And he purposefully stayed quiet, didn't he? So first of all, officially, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, gentlemen, but officially it's Everton USA Live, correct? Is that correct. that's like the right name? That's the branding. Yeah. That's the, that's the branding. So, you know, Everton already sort of had that in place that the grassroots was going to be Toffee Fest because it rolls off the tongue and it's easy. Um, but because Everton USA is already a thing and is already in the planning, which is an example of what I said earlier, I'd be worried if they didn't already have plans in place and they clearly did. But what we and what Tony brought to them um, from us was kind of a, a, a germ of many ideas is, is what how I saw it that sort of gathered in that we really need to do something together and what a shame the club isn't traveling and we can't do something with them. Well, wait, we could do something and hey, everyone's used to virtual now so we could do something virtually. What could we do? And we came up with wonderful ideas, probably a week's worth of content and stuff whittled it down somewhat and then have been integrated in with the club's idea, uh, ideas of things. We wanted to do a watch along and then the TV changed everything and now we don't have a game on a Saturday. So that kind of scuppered that as a plan for later and ended up with basically a solid day of Everton content focused specifically for the USA fans so it's not like other people won't enjoy it and find it interesting but really with that focus on American connections uh, USA fans what our days and our lives um, consist of as, as Evertonians who don't live in L4 or around L4 um, and and sort of a little bit of history and a little bit of, of now just a, a, a kind of a day-long celebration with also with a little bit of time that is specifically for supporter group leadership for us to have a brainstorm and a get together with Everton leadership as to how we can keep this thing going. Is that Brilliant. perfect summary? 
Couldn't have said it better myself, Bridget. Absolutely. Well, I'm an English yeah, teacher. The, I have to summarise. <laughs> it was very good, very, very, very efficient. Um, yeah, and there's gonna there's a bit of fun stuff as well. I think you know there's there's gonna be a quiz for people to get involved with. I think that's gonna help generate a little bit of money for EITC as well. Um, obviously, there's gonna be interviews with you know players and, and staff, Marcel Brands, the Coure. Uh, see the club have announced today that Tim Howard's gonna be there. So loads and loads of content, I think. So it, it should be um should be a really good a good opportunity for, for everyone to get involved. Yeah, I don't believe I forgot the quiz. I'm excited about the quiz. But yeah, it's and it's it's kind of an all day thing. Um it's running from okay, so it's eleven AM Eastern. Is that right? So uh yeah. yeah so 11 a.m. Eastern till 4 p.m. Eastern. So that's seven. Is that eight, nine? No, eight, 8 a.m. Uh, till 1 p.m. on the West Coast. So it's kind of a, an all day thing. And it, you know, when we were planning this, there's, there's things free. This is a great example, Dave, of how your thinking is different according to where you are and where you live. So Everton were concerned about getting things in and not interrupting people watching other Premier League games and we kind of laughed and was like yeah that's not a problem with the people will choose the Everton thing and they were a little oh okay and then I brought up the fact that it's MLS opening day and that might be a little bit of a concern so we don't want to run things too late and clash with MLS opening day which they hadn't thought of so it, it's really nice having those two groups, the two groups connecting and, and brainstorming together because we're going to think of different things and our feet literally are on the ground. And so that was pretty interesting. I think the other thing about this as well is, um, you know, you know, we hope now that this becomes the start of an annual event, you know, and obviously hopefully when, when COVID is, you know, is under more control and we're all able to travel and get together, you know, I think, you know, ideally, you know, what, we're, what, we, what we hope is started now is, you know, as I say, an annual sort of fan festival that brings everybody together physically from all parts of North America to, to celebrate Everton. So I think, you know, getting this one off the ground in the way and sort of, you know, with the club support, I think is, is, is you know, is a, is, is a really good start. And hopefully it's the foundation for, you know, for many, many more over many, many years. Yeah, and David, you may not um, realize, I don't know, but a lot of a lot of major professional sports teams in America do uh, off-season uh, fan fests and they choose a kind of a, a central city or typically a major city uh, and they have it at a hotel or a convention center and they'll have autograph sessions and photo sessions and Q&As with fans and um, merchandise and memorabilia um, sales and and it's just a way for the team to connect with um with the fans and that was i know for me that was kind of the kind of my thought process i thought of kind of some of the fan off-season fan conventions that i had been to and i thought well that would be just an incredible thing and especially um obviously a, a no-brainer when everton does uh, come to uh, the states for preseason tour uh, then we would obviously um, center Toffee Fest slash Everton Live uh, in whatever city they are they're located in, which I'm I'm kind of assuming all signs are pointing toward Miami, <laughs> um, but um, but but yeah, uh, just it's just a way for the club to connect with its fan base, bring everyone into one central location, 
which uh, is what we'll be doing on Saturday, uh, just uh, albeit virtually. Um, but, uh, but our concept is to have this be an annual face-to-face -face event uh, and, and have it uh, ideally arranged around a match. Um, so it's, it's something that we're, we're looking toward the future. This is really kind of a test run um, but uh, the club is, is, is bought into this. They're very excited about the ideas and the concepts that we presented to them. And they're providing uh, all of the, um, the resources and, and obviously the ability to get players um, it's very, and, and team officials to, to participate as well. Um, so I think everyone's looking forward to having Decore obviously you know, the unfortunate part is he of, is why he's he's so available, um, but uh, I think everyone's excited to have Decore, and I think Marcel Brand sounds like a, a very engaging individual, and I'm sure fans will have uh, a lot of questions for him if they if they get the opportunity, and then obviously Tim Howard, who I'm sure probably couldn't say yes quick enough because that's just that's just him, and um, he's been such a great ambassador for Everton in the States. Uh, we've, we've never had one better and I, I don't know that we ever will. Um, so it's great to hear that he's participating as well. So just lots of exciting things going on. And, and the bottom line is it's like the timing is just perfect for Everton. You know, they, they, they've wanted to kick off this US stuff. They've got things to add to what we already wanted to do that just make it a more exciting just the timing, like today we've had kind of, I think it was you, Jeff, who called it the information dump, right? We're getting all this news and it's like right before our day. And um, you, know, you, you can't, if they want to grow the fan base, they need to make sure the fan base that's currently here is, is strong and feels that really vibrant connection. And I, I think to some extent we do, but not maybe, but more with each other than with the official club if that makes sense. Like we, we feel more connected to other Evertonians maybe than the actual business of Everton Football Club. This combines everything. And I think that with the news, it's just gonna keep growing. Like you had asked about the growth earlier, it's just gonna keep rolling that along as, uh, as we just feel even more a part of things. And now it's gonna be visible from an Everton standpoint. Interesting, you should say as well. Uh, thanks for, for that, folks, as well. Um, well. Obviously, you've got Marcel Brands on. I'm interested to see if he's going to have like a Miami style outfit, like a, a beige linen suit, maybe some kind of colorful shirt. And what do you reckon? Is he going to, you know, he's always looks the part. Uh, could you see him? Is he going to have a flamingo with him? Is that what you're thinking, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Medallion. Yeah, very Miami Vice looking, I can imagine. It. I don't know. I, th I just want to know how many people are going to ask him if, how many Americans he's going to sign. <laughs> so... We want Daryl's Ike. The Daryl's oh, campaign DK. to start. DK. Got to get it right. DK. We all yeah. want, we all want DK. Um, actually, it's funny with DK. We, uh, last season, um, my husband, who we were watching Orlando, and uh, my husband was like, God, I, I wish he was in Atlanta. You know, he's a, he's a great player. Uh, we really liked what we were seeing. And, you know, this season it's like he's exploded. And um, he, he just had that, he had that vision. I mean, he, you could see what was there a while ago. So we got very excited when the rumors started flying around about DK because it was like, 
Yes, that would be nice. Thank you. But I mean, seriously, though, there is, you know, we were talking about this the other day, you know, whenever I hear um, people talking about Fulham as being the, the club that has the American players, I, I always want to bang my head against the wall because I want that to be us. It, it's been us. We've had fantastic connections with, with the States and American players. And, um, you know, that that's just a special thing to have for an American fan. I mean, it, it makes sense, you know, and, and American, you know, in, when you watch, um, when you watch Everton Twitter around international games, there's a definitive split and there's many, um, many Everton fans who would rather not have England games disturbing our season. And, you know, that's a whole, whole mindset and a whole nother conversation. Well, it's a complete opposite here in the States. Everyone wants the, the players to play for their national team. So that would just, just like Tim Howard did, that would just expand uh, the way people look at Everton um, to have that, that American player on the team. It, it just would. That's it, just how it is. I was, I was going to say a few summers ago, because I, I really, well, I've been watching that Western McKenney and I fancied him before he obviously went to Juve and he's doing well there now as well. I thought we might have been able to see John Joe Kenny at the time, maybe to, to you know, to send him the, the opposite way. Um and, and obviously bring him in, but no, I think you, you're quite right there. It's I've always liked having a minute, you know, as a as a, a scout lads. You know, I think um, some of the American players almost have that kind of scouts mentality. Tony, don't know if you agree. They you kind of you know really uh, workman like. Uh, you know, they wear the heart on the sleeve. You know, they, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get out. You know, they're really good athletes sometimes as well, which is another bonus from bringing players in from the states. I think. Um, but Tony, do you agree with me with that? That you know that every American that we've got, they've, they've kind of had that skill set where I think it just naturally fits with the city. Yeah, I think it does. I think you know the it's actually quite funny, isn't it? Because I think there's a bit of a debate at the moment around you know the numbers in the current squad that have got that desire and that you know that that willingness to fight for the shirt and you know maybe some of the leadership credentials and you know sort of what we describe as an Everton player. And if I look back at you know some of the American players we've had for the club, I think they all fit the bill, don't they? I mean, even some of those that didn't play very much for us, like Brian McBride, you know, he he put a shift in, you know, Landon, you know, obviously, you know, Tim Howard, uh, Joe Max Moore, you know, as well. Um, so I think it definitely fits with that guise of, you know, what Evertonians expect from, you know, from a player. And I think, you know, it also helps, you know, that they also seem to have sort of, you know, really been attracted to the club when they played here and they've, you know, they've, they've, they've fallen fallen for the you know for the Everton way as well once once they've signed so yeah I think it's really important so yeah I'm I'm for all sorts of reasons I'm I'm up for a, another American signing as well well and also you know I mean I think it's changing now but because soccer isn't the number one sport here and and some some young athletes have to fight to play soccer you know and I'll call it soccer since it's in America um it, it, it's that attitude of that's my sport and that's what I love and I'm going to fight. And you've got uh, quite a few um, American, I mean, look at Pulisic. He didn't do the, the fancy traveling teams and stuff like that. He just did his, his home local clubs. So I think that's where some of that attitude comes from. You know, it, it's not that they weren't young starlets at eight going off to some, some fancy Premier League club or 10 or 11. It's beginning now. But the players who are playing right now, they, they weren't brought up that way. They kind of fought to be successful and fought to find a way to play soccer. So that's a, that's a different kind of player than we're used to. Well, look at uh, Daryl DK, uh, who grew up in Oklahoma, which is a, 
an, an American football hotbed. And he's a, he's a, a really big guy. Like you look at him and you think, well, this guy's going to play, he's going to play football, not soccer. Um, but his parents didn't want him to play football concerned about, uh, I don't know if they were concerned about safety or, or what. So he just decided, oh, soccer is fun. <laughs> so you've got this, this rather large individual. He actually, he reminds me so much of Lukaku, just kind of the broad shoulders. He's built a lot like Rom. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's why he went into, uh, he went into soccer and now he's going to, and then just a few years later, he's, he's over playing in, in England and, um, and with the U S men's national team. So, um, yeah, we, that's, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole podcast or two or three of, of, of itself because to discuss about the issues with, uh, American soccer and how our, we don't seem to be able to capture our best athletes uh, for that sport, but, uh, but yeah, Daryl DK is a, he's a really good kid. He, he would be, um, he's, he's loved wherever he goes. Um, so yeah, you never know. Maybe one day he can land with us. Basically you need to, that, that, well, I've tasked you all now, um, maybe Jeff and, and Tony's <laughs> when, when, if there's a question and answer section with uh, Marcel, uh, you've got to tell them directly. <laughs> uh, That's right. So I, I just, I, I just uh, try and always try and keep uh, our podcast under an hour. We always get carried away, don't we? I'm sure we'll we'll have another episode, maybe, maybe looking at some of them um, um, US players, uh, and you know who we we might look at in the summer. Maybe, maybe we can uh, get that episode in at some stage uh, before the end of the season. Sounds good. Um, but. Um, in terms of the game that, that lies before us, um, we've got obviously Spurs. We're, we always like to do it the hard way, the Everton way. Um, we've kind of stumbled over the last couple of games and, and not really done what we should have point-wise. Um, I'll just go around the houses. Uh, Tony, I'll, I'll start with yourself. Um, you, what, can you see any major change in the Spurs game? Can you see us up for it? Uh, I think well, we've got to see a reaction, but you know, I mean, sadly, you know, we, I think this is a it's a bit of a circular conversation, isn't it? You know, we've 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 sort of been in these situations before where, you know, we've sort of hoped and and you know believed that it might be the moment where you know we see, you know, we see a response and and the players step up. Uh, I think, as you say, you know, we we've left ourselves a really really tough task between now and the end of the season, and you know, it's been all over social media hasn't it you know we might have missed many opportunities to be in a, in a in a much more advantage advantageous position so i think it's going to be a tough one i was asked on an, on another uh, podcast to give me predictions and i think i actually said we'd be get beat tomorrow originally but that was on the back of two two wins against um uh, on the two previous games so i'm going to adjust that i'm going to change it so i'm, I'm going to try and be positive and i think it is going to be really really difficult i think jose is tough as well as nino he knows how to limit opportunities for a and teams and keep things tight and park the bus and you know I think I think that's that's going to be really challenging and I think you know we're gonna we're gonna have to need to rely on that creativity um you know from hammers and hope that that can you know can unblock an opportunity looks like DCL's out again um so maybe we'll see King with an opportunity up front with Richie to you know maybe maybe try and try and help us and push us you know towards that towards that European place but um I think it's going to be a tough one for sure. 
Cheers, Tony. Um, I like the optimism. We always like to look at the optimistic uh, side of the coin on, on, on the uh, the Bobblecast, so it uh, fits in well. Um, Jeff, what about yourself, mate? Uh, do, do, do you kind of agree with Tony? Are you edging towards a, a draw or a lose, or, or, or do you think we're going to ride home with victory? Yeah, I, I could see I could see another point which really doesn't really doesn't do us much good. Um, it's it's been it's been frustrating. I, I think we we knew we knew going into this season that um, that we weren't going to have the depth and that the number one fear would be significant injuries, and unfortunately, that's what we've seen um, pretty much since the off. Um, we've seen significant key players have injuries that have kept them out for a significant amount of time. And we simply don't have the depth to overcome that. And I think, I think a lot of pressure is being put on the players who are out there because, you know, as we know in, in football, an injury to one player impacts all the players around them. And I think what we're seeing is we're seeing players who are trying to step out of their skill set. They're, they're trying to do things, trying to do too much. They're trying to replace injured players on their own. Um, and in what you're, what you're seeing is you're seeing performances that just look disjointed. And, and I think it, I get a little, I try not to pay attention to, to Everton Twitter after losses or disappointing performances, because you kind of know how it's going to go. And it's, and it's, it's, it's a hundred percent fair for, for fans to question the performances. But I think, um, you know, to say that these guys aren't, aren't putting forth the effort, I think that part is, is unfair. I think if anything, I think they're trying to, they're, you, you tend to try to do too much as a player to kind of make up for those, for those absences. And, we really miss Decore and we miss his, his work rate and we miss him running for 90. Um, we've missed Allen. Uh, we miss DCL because he, his absence now puts more on Rich Arlison and puts more on Hamas. Um, but I agree with Tony that I think if we are going to win the match, it'll take, it'll take some magic from, from Hamas or maybe even Gilfie or certainly Richarlison, um, you, we're just, we're just going to need someone to, um, to have that, uh, to have that moment of quality uh, and, and get that, and get that, that amazing goal uh, because that, that will probably be the difference. I think otherwise what I'm kind of expecting is, is a more of a drab draw. I, I don't expect nil nil necessarily uh, like the last one, but uh but yeah, I think it's. I don't think this is going to be a very um, high-scoring up-and-down match. I, I think Everton would probably prefer that it's not um, with with DCL absent. But uh, but yeah, it's it's been difficult. But but we um, that's our task at hand coming up this next this upcoming summer uh, is to build in that depth and then get these players healthy and then come back with a full squad next year and when we're healthy and we've got everybody out there, we saw early in the season what the potential of this club is. So I'm very excited for uh, the next time that we're able to get uh, everybody out there. It doesn't look like it'll be this season, but, uh, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think in short, uh, 
I think uh, expecting a draw and, and somewhat of a drab match. Yes, Jeff. Thanks very much. I agree with quite a lot of that. Takura is an absolute, you know, colossal uh, mess. He's a colossal player himself, but he's a colossal miss to the team because we're just really lacking that athleticism uh, in the centre. And that was the area that we spent most of our, our transfer kitty in the summer looking to to actually get stability in that centre of field and not having Alan and not having Takure together, uh, which we haven't for large portions of seasons, definitely affected us. Uh, Bridget, uh, what, what about yourself, sir? You're all completely wrong. No, I'm just... <laughs> so, no, I know why you saved me the last, because I have the, uh, the headache, stressful life of being an incredibly optimistic person who loves Everton with every bone of her body. Um, and it's stressful. So, first of all, I loved, I loved your lineup on Twitter. I'm all about that. I'd like to see King getting his opportunity. Um, I, you know, yes, I agree. I mean, obviously everything you say is, is right. And uh, Jeff, I, I particularly agree with your point. I get very annoyed at our friends on Twitter at times because I'm like, can't you see that Dean is playing out of position and working his heart out to try and cover two positions, right? I mean, people can't be the best person, the best player with all their skills that they can be when the playing a different position or trying to cover for a weakness in the team. And that's what teams do. I mean, that, that's what you've got to do. And that's what the position we've been in. One thing that I think is um, a valid bright spot in all of this is when we look at dressing rooms, team spirit, you know, I know, little hokey, but it's the girl in me. I can't help it. I believe that our players believe and trust in their manager right now an awful lot more than the Spurs players believe and trust in their manager right now. And both teams really are coming into this with it being a watershed moment for the season. And I really do think if that's going to edge it out, out of all the other things out there, we have the winning edge there. I, I really do believe that. I think um, last week, the news about Gabamin coming right before the game, you can't tell them they're human beings. It has to have affected people. Um, the fact that it was happened in training, they, they got all these negatives out there. We've, we've moved on from that. We're over that. They know what they've got to do. I do believe there's a lot of faith and spirit in that dressing room. And I'm with Jeff. I think they're working a lot harder than people give them credit for. So am I walking out there going, what are you all talking about? Rubbish. We're going to win three nil. Um, but that'd be nice. I, I don't know that that's true. I don't think we're going to see another uh, cup game, although that would be fun as long as the uh, result was the same. But I do think we could edge this one. I think it's going to be on the attitude, which goes back to what Tony said. And I think if that, that backlash attitude comes forward, uh, we're, we're in with a shot. Why not? It's football. Definitely, Bibi. I'm with, I'm with you, Mia. I'm being optimistic as well. But I think uh, we've got the edge on, on Jose. Um, Carlos got his cards. You know, he knows him well. You know, he's got two wins under his belt against him now. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm certainly uh, rooting for a 2-1. I can't, can't see us keeping Harry Kane out the full 90 minutes, but I just feel as though we've got something special, you know, that, that's to come. Certainly as a Hammers, you know, he doesn't go along without getting a goal or an assist. The fact that he hasn't really been able to affect the last game, uh, you know, I've got that positivity in me as well. So I'm good to see that we're, we're joined in our positive uh, thinking there. Um, so uh, I, I just really just to round off, really just to say a huge thank you. You know, it's fantastic to see 
uh, from someone who, who considers you all family. You know, you, you might be over the pond as such, but you're part of the Blue family and you're a valuable part of that and long may continue to grow. Uh, it's just really, really been special 12 months to get to know some, some of our, our, our Blues um, right the way across the globe. Um, so it's a big thank you for me for listening. Big thank you for, for Bridget, Jeff and Tony for giving us your time. Uh, and Tony, I'm going to let you introduce the song that we're going to finish with because it's a it's a artist close to your heart. Well, yeah, it was, you gave me you did give me the heads up, didn't you, that you were going to play a Johnny Cash song, and I, the, partly because I told you that my mum my mum went to see him on the Empire years and years and years ago. So, so yeah, I think you were uh, you're gonna you're gonna Johnny Cash is gonna see us out, isn't it? It's gonna be I've been everywhere. That's the one. So thank you for listening and. Uh, if you haven't been everywhere, hopefully I'll get across all these states to meet all you wonderful people sometime in the future. And there's Johnny Cash, I've been everywhere. I was toting my pack along the dusty Winnemucca Road When along came a semi with a high-end canvas-covered load If you're going to Winnemucca Mac with me, you can ride And so I climbed into the cab and then I settled down inside he asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand And I said, listen, I've traveled every road in this here land I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere, man Across the deserts, bare man, I breathe the mountain air, man I've traveled, I've had my share, man, I've been everywhere I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Mattawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla, I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, County, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Tallapoosa, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Oskaloosa, Tennessee, Tennessee, Chicopee, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Devil's Lake, Crater Lake, Beach Lake. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Louisville, Nashville, Knoxville, Ombabaka, Shepherdville, Jacksonville, Waterville, Coastal Rock, Pittsfield, Springfield, Bakersfield, Shreveport, Hackensack, Cadillac, Fond du Lac, Davenport, Idaho, Jellicoe, Argentina, Diamantina, Pasadena, Catalina, Sequamina. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Pittsburgh, Parkersburg, Gravelburg, Colorado, Ellensburg, Rexburg, Vicksburg, Eldorado, Laramore, Atmore, Havistock, Chattanooga, Chaska, Nebraska, Alaska, Opelika, Baraboo, Waterloo, Kalamazoo, Kansas City, Sioux City, Cedar City, Dodge City, what a pity. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere